Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores, where right now you can enjoy state fair pricing on Weber Grills, brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 671, August 11th, 2021. 97 degrees on this day in 1947. I looked it up today. Uh, seven record highs for the month of August were established in 1947. And it was as chilly as 47 degrees on two occasions, 1968 and the year 2000. Our swimming summer continues. There's still time to clear up your water with products from Aquaside, a White Bear Lake company, particularly AquaClear pellets. They're organic. They eat up all the junk where the kids swim, the dead leaves, the dead weeds, the muck, the algae. It's gone. You fan those pellets out over a four-week period, and bing, bang, boom, you've got the clear water and the rippled sand beach that the kids love to swim in. Get the muck out with Aqua Clear pellets from Aquaside. You can call them at 1-800-328-9350. They'll answer all your questions, get you the right products, or go to Aquaside.com. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Uh, some emails regarding past matters. Cal Fre- uh Freilich writes, the recent incident at the Rockies game reminds me of a time years ago when I was coaching wrestling. A set of parents were upset that I had called their kid Dork during a match. I then explained to them that the nickname they had given the kid on the team was Pork. See? Mm. (laughs) Oh, right. We are uh, also getting a lot of suggestions for what the Colorado Rockies mascot should be named. Right. And um, they're pretty funny. Any of them... any of them arable. Uh, yeah. No. Well, as in, like, it, they could be perceived as another derogatory term. You can't say a word that rhymes with a word that's offensive. That's exactly what they're doing. So, right? We actually, Reavers actually has, he doesn't want me to bring this up, and that's why I'm going to bring it up. Um, he actually has a really good town ball story what? that we need to get to at some point <laughs> before the end of the program today. Damn so it, maybe Kenny. as we're yeah as we're winding down, we we need to uh, ask Chris about what went down last night. <laughs> More on Oregon Chris. Governor Kate Brown, who yes. signed into yes. law the fact that don't worry about that reading, writing, and arithmetic. In fact, you called it the worst. What did you call it yesterday? Worst educational decision in the history of the country. Okay. To the point where uh, Jefferson Davis has done more for people than, <laughs> yeah. than Kate yeah. Brown. Well, as is his want, Kelsey did some deep digging. Uh, she's a graduate of Moundsview High School. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. She was born in Spain, where her father, Dr. James Patterson Brown, an eye doctor, was serving in the United States Air Force. She grew up in Minnesota. She graduated from Moundsview High School. 
She earned a Bachelor of Arts in Environmental Conservation with a certificate in women's studies. In other words, she didn't do anything from the University of Colorado Boulder in 1981 and a JD degree and certificate in environmental law from the Lewis and Clark College Law School in 1985. And Kelsey notes, remember last year when Mike Cerisi put up billboards around town claiming that Minnesota schools had the largest disparity between white and minority students? I could have sworn that he was setting up the case for a lawsuit he would file against Minnesota schools. Why doesn't he go and file a lawsuit on behalf of Oregon parents? It would be a slam dunk. Dim-witted Kate Brown just gave him all the evidence that he needs that they are now actively doing what he was hinting was happening in Minnesota. God help me, I'm actually pulling for Cerisi. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. And along those same lines, uh, uh, Donna writes, pronunciation guideline, if you'd like to be saying them correct, uh, correctly. Uh, LaDavion Garrett was one of the young children shot in Minneapolis. She's providing me the correct pronunciation. LaDavion. LaTinks, recently in vogue, made-up, non-gendered Spanish word, is pronounced just like its gendered counterparts. Latina. Latino, Latinx. Me, Green Bay, born and raised, U of M gopher girl, spent five years working in the Minnesota Senate and a decade at the Hennepin County Sheriff's Office, now living the island life in the Florida Keys. Loved the radio show when I lived in Minnesota, found you and reconnected after Sid died, and a still local friend let me know you had a podcast. Totally obsessed with you all again. Thank you, Donna. Thank you very much. Now to the uh, most important question facing Minneapolis voters. You're going to have police department, or aren't you? And you'll recall that a local group, including uh, Sandra Samuels, Dan Samuels, Kathy Spann. Don Samuels. Don Samuels, uh, Ottawa Pugh, and Michael Pugh were Jordan neighborhood residents who successfully sued Mm -hmm. and demanded that the city of Minneapolis must staff its police department per the charter. Uh, Well, the Supreme Court Tuesday, yesterday, Uh, denied the request by Minneapolis to hear an appeal on that ruling. In other words, the city is still saying we don't really want to do that or we can't do that, Mm -hmm. and the uh, Supreme Court said no. In a one-page order, Chief Justice Lori Gildea said the court was denying the city's request for accelerated review, a move that would have allowed the case to take the unusual step of bypassing the Minnesota Court of Appeals. The order did not elaborate on the court's rationale. Minneapolis officials had argued that a Hennepin County judge overstepped her bounds in ordering the city to hire at least 730 officers. That does not mean, by the way, hiring 730 new officers. It just if I understand it correctly, it means Staffed up put to, 730 yes. officers on this force, although right. double that amount is what's needed. Yes. Double that well, amount yeah. is what's needed. Yeah. Yeah. And residents deserve clarity on the court case before they headed to the polls in November. Lawyers for the group of Northside residents and activists who brought the case opposed the request by the city. They're, in other words, they're saying, no, come on, let's go here. We want. Mm-hmm. They argued that the judge's order was appropriate and it would have no impact on the clear-cut proposal that will appear before voters this fall. The court's denial... This is just breaking, by the way, on the Star Tribune website today. The court's denial doesn't necessarily signal an end to the court battle. The city could still challenge the order in the Minnesota Court of Appeals if officials decide to take that route. City spokesman Casper Hill said yesterday, said last night, that the city is disappointed in reviewing how best to proceed as we continue to pursue the appeal in the Court of Appeals. Minneapolis' minimum police staffing requirements have become a key issue in debates about how to transform public safety 
And in the November elections, when the future of the police department, the mayor's office, and all 13 city council seats will be on the ballot for the first time. Uh, the city's charter, which serves as its constitution, requires Minneapolis to fund a police force with a minimum size based on population. One question placed before the voters this November will ask residents whether they want to keep that requirement or eliminate it. A move that could allow city officials to dramatically reduce the size of the force. I read the comments online on this story. Uh-oh. And, and if, they're, if they're an indication, it's always hard to tell, uh, the, the no votes are winning. The, no vo- the people are coming to their senses. Good. People on the, on the uh, commenting online, and I'm surprised the Star Tribune chose to uh, allow commenting on this story. Uh, they pick and choose which stories they will allow their readers to comment on. Uh, almost unanimously, the commenters are saying, we must go to the polls and vote no. Get out and vote no, or we won't have a police department. You're pushing Good. back against outside forces, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. The Minneapolis City Attorney's Office uh, had asked the state's high court to hear the case. Attorneys for the Northside residents and activists who brought the lawsuit opposed the request. In early July, Hennepin County Judge Jamie Anderson issued an order largely siding with the residents, saying the city had a responsibility to keep up with new population figures. Anderson gave the city until June 30, 2022, to fund a police force with at least 730 officers, or a higher number if new census numbers are released and warranted, because there's a formula. Uh, you know, 1.7 officers per how many thousand residents? There's a charter formula. She arrived at that number using 2019 population estimates, a number she used because attorneys for both the city and residents had previously agreed they were accurate. So, so far, so good in turning back this amendment. So far. So far, so good in turning it back. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but uh, we always comment on how when you start to let the little stuff go, the bigger stuff tends to happen more often. Is that that fair? All the time. Right. Have you guys noticed this recently? Well, Kenny, you, you probably haven't because you don't. Well, you monitor traffic, but you haven't been dr- driving through here uh, recently. But stoplights are now just merely a suggestion in Minneapolis. <laughs> really? I, I'm not kidding. I, I've been hit, I would say, I've, I've been close to being hit three or four times in the last week. Really? Including coming here today. Hmm. Where I have not noticed that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's, it's bad. I'll tell you what I have noticed at stoplights. Frequently. The overwhelming smell of dope from the cars around me. Yeah, there is that, too. <laughs> that's, why, that's why they're not stopping. <laughs> Sometimes they're stopped and just stay there when the light turns green. Right. I'll get to it, man. I'm going to get going. <laughs> I might, might wait till it turns green again. Right. I'm having fun. I saw one woman who had taken such a hit, she was violently choking. Did she pull her mask down first and <laughs> no, then she, she took the hit? She took the mask down, took this massive hit, the smoke's Cheech and Chong. This stuff's billowing out of the car windows, and she's hacking up a lung. Well, it was, uh, it was something. It was something. You see some weird stuff in the, the closer you get to the uh, tallest building. Remember the guy who asked me, is that one of them boats? Is that one of them cars that floats? I love that guy. <laughs> Just because Minneapolis or St. Paul might not get around to pulling you over doesn't mean the troopers aren't on it. Uh, because I do hear those calls on the uh, state patrol scanner. Well, and if, which ones, Kenny? Uh, the, the weed, the drug, the oh, smoking okay. a pipe, smoking a bowl, burning a joint. 
And uh, if if there's a trooper available, yeah, they're they're going to come looking for you. So well, let's let me uh, read an email that I've been holding on to. I, I mentioned the other day, uh, much to uh, Kenny's disdain, apparently, that I wish to uh, address the topic of speeding, which is out of control, and people are driving on the freeways like gas costs twelve cents a gallon. Yes, it's harrowing to drive from say St. Paul to Hudson, Wisconsin. Oh. Or maybe yeah. from Minneapolis up to Kenny's place. Or how about I Minneapolis have, to Carver every right, day? Right. I have a solution for you. All right. Go ahead, Joe. While you're uh, here, it is no right here. I turned to it right away. Police blotter, local paper, Alexandria I ninety four mile marker ninety nine traffic stop citation for speed of one hundred twenty in a seventy mile an hour zone. Reckless driving. Whoa. The only thing that I can come up with, and maybe we need to change the law, is. And I don't know if I'm for this or against it, but I think one solution might be you just pull the license. You're done driving for a few months, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. What? Because how can you issue somebody a ticket for 120 miles an hour, send them on their way, and not just assume they're going to spool they're it back it up again. right away again? Had to be a and rental car. They're the fastest, fastest cars car. in the yeah, world. Exactly. Yeah. Joe, sorry to bother. I listen daily. If I do happen to miss a podcast, I catch up on the weekend while mowing the lawn at the cabin. I started by saying sorry to bother because I have sent a couple of notes recently, which is something I have not done previously. My notes are inspired by comments you make that happen to align with subjects I have direct knowledge of or have an odd passion for learning about. A few weeks back, one such topic was global cooling and the potential for a grand solar minimum. Anyway, at the end of the August 9 show... You asked, why are people driving so fast? You hit a topic that I have some knowledge. In my business, we sell a test kit the police officers use to help investigate traffic accidents. Since police are my customers, I speak with traffic and accident investigators every day and often provide training for traffic accident investigation. When chatting with traffic investigators, I like to ask the officer, uh, I, I like to ask what the officer sees on the street at their local level. I can report that there is a nearly universal problem across the United States and Canada. People are speeding. My police friends tell me that people are angry, which they explain appears to translate into aggressive driving and speeding. Combine that with the changing laws for legal drugs and you have a situation with rising traffic deaths. Here are some data you might find interesting. During the last recession, 2009 to 2014, traffic deaths dropped from more than 37,000 in 2008 to around 32,000 each year from 2009 to 2014. That makes sense. In a recession, there are fewer people driving to work, so you might expect fewer traffic accidents and thus fewer traffic deaths. Hence, the reduction from 37,000 plus went to 35,000. Then in 2016 and 2017, economic conditions were good with very low unemployment. As a result, there were more people on the road and traffic deaths were again 37,000 plus in each of 2016, 2017, and 2018. As the lockdown of 2020 hit and the streets were basically empty, I was assuming traffic deaths would have dropped significantly, just as they did during a recession. Instead, traffic death jumped to more than 38,600 in 2020. Whoa. Wow. Much of that increase actually happened in the last six months of 2020, the time we were all locked down. As I chat with police investigators, they tell me 2021 is on a record pace for traffic deaths. At the end of May, eight states had a year-over-year -year increase in traffic deaths of more than 40%. 
The total increase for 2021 is estimated to be 20% higher than 2020. Based on reports from my police friends, people appear angry. I think we all sense that in the air. We are divided, and the salon likes it that way. Wow, that's from Todd uh, Schaefer. In 2020, when traffic reduced, there were record deaths. You know what? We we mentioned this the other day. It's it's people knowing that there aren't as many law enforcement officials on the on the street, right? Isn't that that's got to be what it is? Uh, well, that would account for urban driving, but uh, as Kenny point, there's been no reduction in state trooper that's presence. True. No, that's true. I I actually my last two trips to North Dakota the last two months have mm-hmm. seen more state troopers than I've ever seen. Really? Okay. Although although everybody was still driving eighty eighty five. Speaking of North Dakota, this is way off Uh-oh. topic. <laughs> Last night, parked at the end of my block, was the neatest looking car. And the closer I got to it, I was just uh, uh, enthralled. And the guy came out, and I introduced myself. Hey, how are you? And, and, and <laughs> I said, what year is it? 1955. It was a 1955 Rambler cross-country station wagon. And it came from wow. North Dakota, he said. And it was just nifty as hell. And apparently Rambler uh, advertised it as the car you could pile the kids in and go camping. It was called the Cross Country. Although by today's standards, oh, it was a man. clown car. It was tiny. Oh, look at that thing. But it's really, was really cool. Yeah. Really oh, cool. That is neat. Yeah. What I color was it? Yeah. Red what and white. What color, yeah. yeah. Red and white. And it had on the roof uh, uh, very nautical-like chrome cleats that were part of the uh, luggage tie-down system. They look yep, just like yep. they should belong on a boat. Mm, cool. It's so now exactly I'm what it looks one. like. Well, uh, John? It, exactly. It looks yeah. like the things you'd grab in a boat just to stand up or whatever. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, it's so good. It's, to, oh, go ahead, Kenny. Sorry. No, uh, I was going to change the subject back to speeding. Well, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say it's good to see that you're making progress, Joe. Huh. Well, you walked up to him and you said, what year is it? And he didn't say 2021. That's right. That's right. <laughs> like the last guy Such, did. Yeah. Uh, the Cannonball Run record <laughs> bumped up a couple of times in 2020. And the fastest they did last year, August of 2020, 25 hours, 39 minutes. That's from New York to L.A. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and everybody in that community... Mm-hmm is uh, bicker, bickering and arguing, saying it shouldn't count because there was so there was fewer vehicles on the road, right. so everybody thinks it shouldn't count. But that's an average speed of 110, top speed 175. That's the average? Wow. I would yeah. love to know the car in Alec that was going 120. I'd like to know what it was. Yeah, yeah they don't yeah. say that. Yeah. yeah, you never get that. I, I think but, most cars are... Well, not, do you think most cars are capable of that? You know, a little Hyundai sedan, is that capable of 120? No, I don't know. Seems not to me. Uh, My truck cuts off at 100 miles an hour. You can't get it over 100. Hmm. Don't ask me how I know that. (laughs) My uh, Fiat from uh, my Spider from uh, Schmelz, I haven't tested it yet, but I've I've got every reason in the world to believe. Why don't you let us do it? Getting over 100 (laughs) would be no problem in that car, if you know what I'm saying. Uh Schmelz Countryside, Volkswagen, Fiat, and Alfa Romeo in Maplewood at the southeast quadrant there of Highway 36 and 61, where right now, 0% for up to 36 months on all new Volkswagen vehicles, with the exception of the ID4. That new Volkswagen Taos is in stock. My brother and his family are on a road trip right now to Mackinac Island in that new Taos. 
70, 0% for 72 months on Fiats and 0% for up to 48 months on Alfa Romeo models. I've dealt with uh, Schmelz Countryside for many years. I will continue to. I love Fiats, I love Alfa Romeos, and I love Volkswagens. Find out more at SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzFiat.com, and SchmelzAlfaRomeo.com. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here with a couple of questions for you. Are you noticing a decrease in the following, maybe strength, endurance, enjoyment of life, libido, or maybe it's just a lack of energy? Are you tired of feeling exhausted even after you eat dinner? I've got an answer for you. You need to call my friends at Everest Men's Health. From signs of low testosterone to other deficiencies, they examine every single area important to a man's overall health, and that allows them to develop an easy-to-follow plan that will ensure your success. It does not matter where you fall on the spectrum of men's health. The time is right now to come into Everest Men's Health and take the first steps toward realizing your best health possible. The great thing about Everest is their medical specialists look at the entire picture and they figure out what is causing these changes to you. They start with a full medical evaluation to check testosterone levels, important vitamin levels, blood levels, and overall body composition. And once they identify the deficiencies such as low T or vitamin deficiencies, they create a personalized lifestyle program that can include testosterone testosterone replacement, medication management, vitamin and natural supplementation, and exercise prescription and nutritional guidance. Trust me, Everest is fantastic and they provide a comfortable environment that is not intimidating like other medical clinics. They specialize in men's health and they can be your doctor for all your health needs and they will refer you to a specialist if needed. It's a wonderful environment and fantastic people. Go online right now to EverestMensHealth.com and you can call today to schedule your $50 testosterone test at any one of their three locations in Woodbury, Plymouth, and now in Egan, and please let them know that you heard about him on the Garage Logic podcast. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Souchere. Why am I getting the stink eye? I think you know why. Uh, GLers, get that seafoam deep creep into the items you always carry in the family truckster. You should have it in there along with the fire extinguisher, the first aid kit, tire repair kit. Does anybody else have a venison field dressing kit in, in the family truckster? Is I that do. just me? I do. I okay, keep good. Them. Yeah. I like you to cape out, out right the there. stuff I get yeah, right under Cut the it out, then cape it, <laughs> and then quarter it. Yeah. Quarter it and get it in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cables, tow strap, dynamite, water for purification dynamite. kit, adult beverages. All of that stuff should be in the truckster uh, because not only does it work well, um, well, it works way better, What's actually. What's he doing than the an other ad for? What product other is he products? Talking about? Seafoam deep creep, oh. like I said. Is it in? <laughs> is it in your little uh, phony little uh, Ferrari, baby? Uh, yes, I I use it even in that car. I actually think it smells better than the other stuff, and uh, you don't have to do this. This is just a Kenny deal. I actually stocked up on seafoam high mileage motor treatment, so I've got a half a dozen cans banging around in the back seat. I do that because it really keeps the injectors happy on the high mileage truck. Uh, keeps the gas mileage a- at its peak. The regular seafoam, boy, it's great in small engines, large engines, two strokes, four strokes, you name it. Uh, but the great thing about seafoam, you don't have to do the dumb Kenny thing and have six cans rattling around because you find the stuff everywhere, everywhere. Uh, and that's not hyperbole. It's a local company, global reach, on the shelves, everywhere, worldwide, a wonderful product in a world of bad gas, seafoam. The... Uh 
$1.2 trillion infrastructure bill has oh, been yes. passed. Oh, yes. And it's 2,700 pages long. Mm-hmm. And you know perfectly well that not a single senator read the 2,702 <laughs> pages. Uh, but it's being highly lauded as a uh, basic human decency. We're going to fix everything. And Okay, tucked in to the 2,702 pages. The White House is $1.2 trillion. This is from the Washington Times. The White House's $1.2 trillion infrastructure package includes a pilot program for a national mile-driven tax, contradicting Biden's previous dismissal of that policy. Tucked within the 2,000 pages uh, uh, is obscure language requiring the Department of Transportation to test the feasibility of taxing drivers for the number of miles they travel. The tax would be broad enough to target any passenger motor vehicles, including light and medium to heavy duty trucks. The bill also requires Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg or their successors to report to Congress about the findings of the program within three years of its creation. Those findings, the bill's authors say, can then be used by federal lawmakers to assess whether such a tax should be implemented to fund improvements on roads and highways. (laughs) The objectives of the pilot program are to test the design, acceptance, implementation, and financial sustainability of a national motor vehicle per mile user fee to address the need for additional revenue for surface transportation infrastructure and a national motor vehicle per mile user fee, the bill says. You know why, right? Because they, it's a climate change fighter. Well, yeah, they're, they're phasing out gas. Right. So they're all their gas tax revenue they assume is going to drop. So this will be the new deal. Well, here you are. Energy experts, however, say a tax on the number of miles that individuals drive is regressive and unfairly targets rural and suburban residents. Drivers currently pay a gas tax that is supposed to pay for road maintenance, and all drivers pay tolls on toll roads for such maintenance, said Steve Malloy, a former member of the Trump administration's transportation transition team for the Environmental Protection Agency. An additional by-the-mile tax will penalize suburban and rural drivers because of where they live, Malloy said. Malloy added that the move was not surprising given that environmental advocates have long favored public transit over individual car ownership. The left's climate agenda seeks to force Americans to rely on mass transit in urban areas, which is evident by their efforts to make it more burdensome to own a car, he said. Stop right there. Have you noted that what the uh, administration in St. Paul is doing is no longer requiring uh, developers to provide off-street parking? That's oh, just, yeah, that's you, a, you brought that specifically up, yes. an effort to make owning a car even more burdensome. Because where in the hell are you going to put it? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I like to put my car when I park uh, on the street in St. Paul or Minneapolis where a carjacker can easily get to right. it. That way they don't have to work as hard. <laughs> Mr. Buttigieg initially floated the idea of a mileage tax on drivers earlier this year during a trip to Pennsylvania. I think that shows a lot of promise, Mr. Buttigieg said at the time. If we believe in that so-called user pay principle, the idea that that part of how we pay for roads is how you pay based on how much you drive, a so-called vehicle travel tax or a mileage tax, whatever you want to call it, could be the way to do it. We're already ta- you're taxed when you buy the car. You're taxed for the license. You're taxed at the gas pump. 
You're taxed when you renew the tabs. Yep. And they're acting like, we don't have any money. We must create a new tax. We need a new revenue stream, Joe. The comments stirred controversy, especially among Republicans and suburbanites, forcing the White House to repudiate the idea. But apparently they have it thoroughly repudiated. Mr. Biden stuck to the promise, even opposing the notion of funding infrastructure developments through user fees during his early talks with Republicans on the topic. The idea of a mileage tax, though, seems to now be on the table in the $1.2 trillion infrastructure deal Mr. Biden negotiated with a bipartisan group of 10 senators. The White House did not return requests for comment on this article. White House Press Secretary Jennifer Sackey is on record, however, saying Mr. Biden supports it. James Taylor, the president of conservative-leaning Heartland Institute, said a national mileage tax would also break Mr. Biden's promise of not raising taxes above anyone making less than $400,000 a year. He added that such a tax would disproportionately affect the very working-class rural and suburban residents that Mr. Biden has attempted to woo back into the Democratic Party. The Biden administration's agenda to tax Americans by the mile is a terrible idea that will disproportionately impact rural Americans while giving rich urban dwellers a free ride, said Mr. Taylor. The miles-driven tax is nothing short of a stealth mechanism for a major tax increase relative to current taxation and will most severely affect low-income households. Most of what the left does severely affects low-income households. Right about whom they so passionately care. I'm opposed, as you might suspect, I'm opposed to being taxed per mile. I'm taxed so we'll find enough. You're on record. Yeah, I'm on record. Okay. Uh, if I remember right, so we're going to find out in three years whether this will fly or not, right? Well. Uh, because they have to present their findings in three years. Right. They have to create a pilot program. So I right. don't know what that means. Are they going to find some city that will agree to be the test Why not for this? start in California? It, it, yeah. they're, they're actually going to take people from all 50 states as part of the uh, – and those people volunteer uh, as, to be part of the pilot program oh. is the way it would, oh. would be designed oh. to start. So, wow. And those, pe- those people will actually get their money refunded after the pilot program is done. So what will the demographics be of the people that volunteer? Uh-huh. Yeah, but I was going to say the good thing about the three-year thing, you know, these this administration isn't going to last but but for one term if the right can get their bleep uh, together. We don't know that. Um, and then w- this nonsense has a potential to be uh, drummed out, does it not? Yes. Yeah. Well, I don't know what you guys are against. I mean, obviously— they're trying to do what's best for Mother Earth. They care about us, which leads me to this headline from Fox News. Thank you, Scott, for submitting. John Kerry's family jet has already emitted an estimated <laughs> 30 times more carbon in 2021 than the average vehicle does in an entire calendar year. The jet has spent roughly 26 hours in the air, according to flight records. Yeah, I've, I knew that. I saw that. It's uh, it's, it's old hat. Uh, you can't shame the, the likes of Kerry. Uh, if you offset right. your carbon, it's the only choice for somebody like me I'm who is traveling the world to win pause this it, battle. Pause it. Uh, pause it. Pause it. Offset. So planting grass, planting trees, paying somebody to plant trees. Mm-hmm. We're still very unclear about what exactly the offset carbon credit offsets are and what they do but go ahead chris I rules for the, the power scores 
uh, yeah. for the United States. Mm -hmm. I've been involved in this fight for Let's years. I negotiated with President Xi to bring President Xi to the table for so us. we could get Paris. And uh, I believe the time it takes me to get somewhere. I can't sail across the ocean. Can't I have to that. fly to yeah. meet with people and get things done. But what I'm doing almost full time is working to win the battle of climate change. Except when I'm flying my jet to Martha's Vineyard for Obama's birthday party. And by the way, you didn't negotiate bleep with the, the communist China. Solar panels that you so favor are being ground out over there in China's plants run by coal. God, oh other than that, though, he's doing a top-shelf job. This is such utter nonsense. Just, this, this latest UN report, the red, the red alert, that's the yeah. sixth red alert we've had. It's the sixth time these fools have tried to scare us into believing that we're walking the plank. So we right. don't even have 12 years left. Well, this is the sixth time you're being told you have no time left. We must do something about this. Right. Harumph, 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 harumph. And I love how they trot out the photos of dried up ponds and potholes and lakes and et cetera, et cetera, during a drought year. Yeah. Like they've never heard of the Dust Bowl. What, gee, what analysts reading oh, that I'm report, swear. <laughs> analysts reading that report lament something that I've always been fascinated by. They say you are not taking any you are not taking any history into account. They do they don't do the sense whens. Right. They just always. Pre uh, it's right now. It's the worst it. it's ever been. Yeah, exactly. And we're under okay. red alert for the sixth time. <laughs> can we can we predict what their reaction will be? If, in fact, the predictions about global cooling actually happen, how will they react to that, and how will they turn global uh, cooling into an, an environmental issue caused by man? What will they do? Well, they, they, they won't just shut up and go away and say, gee, I guess I was wrong. It's a great question. What can they do? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Figure just out a way to blame global warming for global oh, cooling for global co cooling <laughs> yes. right right that, that, that's the only way yeah. you know that oceans rose from about 1900 to 1947 and then declined and then then rose again i mean it's just part of the natural cycle of of the planet earth and the moon and the tides and the sun and these idiots are so vain <laughs> that they think they can control we can't control a virus but we're going to guarantee you we can uh, set the temperature we can set a uh, nature thermostat I saw a great line about this, uh, and I'm trying to find it, but it basically it said, climate change is nothing more than an extracurricular activity for a bunch of people who don't work and have way too much time on their hands. Well, well that's, that's exactly great, Chris. that's exactly what this is. It's great, but it's affecting global politics and taxation. Yep. Yeah, I mean, because you're it's absolutely become, right. It's become climate politics. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know why you hate the earth, Joe. I love the earth. Yeah, I, I haven't burned a tire in years, Reavers. <laughs> Come on, man. GLers are conservatives, are conservationists by nature. We're last droppers. We, we lead reasonably sensible lives. I can't even throw away a beat-up used two-by-four full of nails. It's just, it's not in me. <laughs> I got another note. Just a minute. Uh, I'll find it. 
Anybody have a dad or a grandpa that uh, pulled nails and then pounded them straight? Yep. And then put them back into circulation? Hell yes. The coffee can. My dad did it. I didn't have a grandfather. Well, I had one, but I never knew him. No, I didn't have one. Get busy. Start straightening nails, kid. (laughs) Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean you never had a grand? You you obviously had a grandfather. I said, I just never met him. Okay, okay. Yeah. 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 Well, he died in the 30s. I ain't that old. Okay. Well... Well, <laughs> not that you'll admit, anyway. Uh, Scott from Inver Grove, always pushing back. I uh, just learned that uh, real estate agents and insurance carriers are now striking the name Master Bedroom from describing the largest bedroom in a home. The assault on Americana continues to gain momentum, and I am not too optimistic that our ranks are going to be able to withstand the assault. What's next? One can't use the term master cylinder in a vehicle's braking system, not to mention various cosmetic companies are now banned from using the words like whitening, and so it goes. Lately, it feels like those of us who believe in ethical and moral values have been pushed out of a plane without a parachute, with the inevitable impact in sight. This reckless using of race to divide and conquer is tearing this country apart at its core, and it's only a matter of time before it truly is over. Leftist governors like Kate Brown and all the other woke do-gooders are the real racists, guaranteeing that people of color will have little chance of being less than and bathed in the bigotry of low expectations. No, what Kate Brown did was the bigotry of no expectations. Uh, Side note, I will be participating in a mountain bike race at Giants Ridge this Saturday and concur, it is a beautiful place to hang out and get away from the tallest buildings in the Twin Cities. So there's a mountain bike race going on at Giants Ridge this weekend. GB Layton is playing at Giants Ridge this Saturday. It's a happening place uh, and coincidentally is home to the Legend and the Quarry, two of the greatest public golf courses in the United States, maybe the world. They are truly fabulous courses, always noted by Golf Digest and other ranking situations. Right now, there's a 37-hole special. Play uh, 36 holes of Minnesota's best golf. Play the Quarry and the Legend on the same day with lunch on Giants Ridge. For one uh, incredible rate on weekdays, $160 plus tax, and $175 plus tax on weekends, Uh, But as uh, Scott knows and everyone else knows by now, it's much more than that. It's a return to nature and quiet and water recreation and biking and hiking and dining and lodging and more. View 3D course flyovers of the legend in the quarry at GiantsRidge.com. Learn more or book tea times online at GiantsRidge.com or by calling them at 218-865-8030. Hey, become a part of the Chill Boys family like the entire Garage Logic staff and also so many of you GLers right now that have made your purchase for maybe for yourself or for somebody else. It doesn't matter because they are the hands down most comfortable underwear you will ever own. I promise you. They have a wide variety. It's performance boxers, bamboo boxers, bamboo boxer briefs. Just check out their website right now chillboys.com there you can place your order for the comfortable boxers or maybe you want a couple of cool t-shirts sunglasses whatever you want go online right now here's the coolest part if you have an order over $40 it ships fast and free in the United States yeah anywhere they're a local Minnesota company and they are so happy to be part of the garage logic family they also have a really cool number of sale items that are going on right now so do like we did become a part 
part of the Chill Boys family, whether you want the performance, the bamboo, it doesn't matter. You're going to really be happy with your purchase at Chill Boys Brand on Twitter. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. I'm calling it summer is over. Summer is always over when next year's bikes. Yep, they're here. The new bikes are on the showroom floor at Moon Motorsports, and uh, I'm talking 2022s here, and it's all the new models you've been hearing about. If you're a, if you're a fan of two wheels, the BMW R9T, it's the Urban GS 40th Anniversary Edition, that thing's at Moon. Listen to this. This is the one I love. I can't stop daydreaming about it. The Triumph Scrambler Steve McQueen Edition. That's at Moon. It's the 1200 that was inspired by uh, the competition TR6, and Moon has it in stock. I believe there, if I remember right, only a thousand made. Every every single one is numbered. Uh, that have you seen a Ducati Monster? It's a pretty cool bike. That's uh, the new ones also at Moon Motorsports. Great attitude with that bike. Uh, bike. Visit Moon Motorsports in Monticello and experience the most exciting showroom in Minnesota. They've been family owned, owned and operated for 50 years. Ten brands. Count them with me. The brand new Husqvarna's on on the f- floor. Skidoo, Polaris, KTM, Ducati, Triumph, BMW, Yamaha, Honda, Can-Am, and Polaris. Did I say it right? They're on the south side of 94, just west of 25, and on the web at moonmotorsports.com. It continues to be amazing what the political class gets away with uh, living on their own parallel rail of American life. How so, Joe? Well, there's a front-page story today in the Minneapolis paper that... Uh, a year into his job, Hennepin County Library Director Chad Hilton has moved to Los Angeles, where he says he will work most of the time. Hmm. Yeah, the country's uh, human resource, the county's human resources chief, 30-year Hennepin County veteran Michael Rossman, has been living in Palm Springs, California, since January. <laughs> Working remotely has been a success and presented no problems for him. Well, I would imagine no. You're at Palm Springs when it's 20 below. He's, he's got the best of both worlds. He's still working, earning a good salary, right. and he's retired. <laughs> the, <laughs> he's virtually retired. <laughs> nice, John. <laughs> but the living situations for both department heads has raised eyebrows among some county employees, many of whom must go to workplaces to serve the public, particularly library workers who say, uh, Helton should be based in the metro area where Hennepin's 41 branches are located. How can he run a, co- a county library system from halfway across the country, asked Cassandra Hendricks, an associate librarian at the Hopkins branch. It feels as though the administration is so removed. Helton and Rossman's residential situation has the backing of county administrator David Howe who said the interim policy was developed by top administrators last year. It permits employers to work out of state, let me turn the page, to work out of state uh, during the pandemic as long as their supervisors approve of the move and they can do their jobs. According to the county, 74 (laughs) Hennepin County employees are now working out of state. That number includes 45 in Wisconsin, (laughs) at least some of whom likely live in western part of the state. Helton and Rossman, who each make more than 180 grand a year, are the highest level county officials working out of state. Wow. Helton oversees a system of 41 libraries with 562 employees, and Rossman supervises a staff of 120 full time equivalent workers. 
I don't want to read this whole thing. I, I can't. I can't take it. <laughs> I, I can't take it. Now, to um, some degree, that that could provide a, be providing a glimpse of the future of work, which will become more and more remote. But uh, this is just a boondoggle. These, this is just a scam. These characters are running, living in L.A. and Palm Springs. Well, That's a scam. I don't know that it's that terribly novel, to be honest with you, Joe. I mean. I know a guy that's running a radio station from a different state. Ooh. Just move on. I don't. Do I? <laughs> yes, you do. Oh. Yeah, you do. Thank you, John. Oh, I get it. Yeah, see? I, I get see. it. Well, I, listens, where, you know. where do I go with this? Where, you know where it tells me that there's no, there's no conservative thinking anywhere in the spectrum of government? No. In None. Hennepin and Ramsey County. None. Not a conservative <laughs> thought. Not an expectation of what would be considered conventional American standards. Why, of course, you cannot run a library system while you're living in Los Angeles. Of course you can't. And you can't run a health and human services department while you're living in Palm Springs. Yeah. No, no, you're here. You're here. Joe. There's nobody to put their foot down anywhere. There's nobody to, to... What? <laughs> Rossman, one of the guys, Rossman, yeah. he's the one that developed the policy. Uh-huh. No! <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes, he developed the policy. Oh, this guy, no, this guy's now brilliant. He's a what genius. I, yeah. You glanced over it right away in the beginning uh, as oh. you were reading it. They're getting turned in by their own employees and yeah. people and yeah, underlings. Yeah. That's yeah. what I love. This didn't come from, or it came from within, which is what I love. There are no well, adults it, in the room. It says later in the story also that members of the library board yeah. lose their seats if they move outside their library service area. Mm-hmm. So well, shouldn't what's good for the goose be good for the gander? I mean, why can the guy who heads it live in California, but they can't move out of their area no, at all? No, My desire and my ability to utilize an out-of-state policy is not what drives the need for the policy, he said. This is what the future of work looks like, Rossman said. <laughs> uh, you know oh, what, though? Mighty. This, this is I, I'm on board completely with what you're saying, but I do f- think that this is the way... Uh, workplaces are going and I'm not I mean look at look at just us for for example <laughs> seriously <laughs> Kenny and John are both you know broadcasting from their home a lot of p- people that work either in sales or whatever they're still working from home we Chris, had that story a couple Chris, of weeks ago Helton oversees a system of 41 libraries with 562 <laughs> employees mm-hmm. Rossman supervises a staff of 120 full-time equivalent workers when I need to talk to somebody, okay, when you, Chris, need to talk to somebody, <laughs> wouldn't it be a hell of a lot easier to stroll up to their office and sit down and close the door and tell them how they're doing their job wrong instead of making a bleeping Zoom appointment? Absolutely. <laughs> and I think, you know, like, for instance, if the something happened before the show started and I need to go find a pliers. That's what I was trying to do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and you couldn't track anybody down. Nobody, that that yeah. would be frustrating. Where's the pliers department? <laughs> <laughs> but it, the, the so difference you, here, I guess what, what I'm trying to say, the difference here is that this is, you know, public money being spent on this guy's salary. But, you know, when it's a when it's a company being run a certain way, they can, you know, they can go by a different set of rules, I guess, is what the point I was trying to make. But your your uh, your belief that this is the future uh, is only partly true. Uh, your belief is not analogous to this situation. 
this uh, you would you would think that in both these cases this is a hands-on type of position yes absolutely and, and it's one thing if the hennepin county library director chad hilton uh lived in the twin cities and worked from home mm-hmm. he's still here he can get to a site if he needed to but he's halfway across he's the country. in la this is this is generals running the uh, war from way behind the lines. Come on, man. No, this is inmates running the asylum. <laughs> no. Rossman. He's living in Palm Springs since January. What in the hell? This is ridiculous. That's just ridiculous. Hilton he said dumb. when he was, when he was uh, Hilton, when he was hired uh, as the Hennepin County Library Director in May 2020, he said he had developed an inexplicable love for Minnesota from the time he was a child when he cheered for the Twins and Vikings and listened to Prince. He said he had visited Minneapolis several times since 2010. The more I visited, the more interested I became in the community, he said. And then this opportunity of a lifetime presented itself. Six months later, he moves. (laughs) I love it so much, I'm out of here. Indeed, I remind you, 2020, we were just getting started with the uh, the COVID, that whole COVID deal, as my people say. Well, John, didn't you have a story uh, a couple of weeks ago basically saying that people would, would take a pay cut to continue yep. to work from home? Wasn't that a story yes. you had? Not yeah, that, that was yeah. a new yeah. story. Yep. Yeah. Chris, I, yeah, like you said, there's a big difference from Suits doing his job somewhere in Florida all winter and these hoople heads who, who yes. are being paid by the county and taxpayers. Yes. They need to be there. And they quote a number of employees in this uh, but, in this article. They're all PO'd. And Joe's right, yeah. though. There's no one to hold them accountable. Right. Well, this is. Don't you get this uncomfortable feeling that we don't even know what these people on the third rail are getting away with? There's right. no. There's no one in charge. What's What's your phrase? The right hand doesn't know what the well, left hand's right. doing. There's no, no one a, in charge. Not only us, Joe, a board member, library board member, yeah. is quoted in this story as saying, oh, this is the first I've heard of this. He yeah. said, I'll give you an opinion after I look into it a little more. Oh, so my. even the, the guys on the board didn't know that the guys Well, they have to answer California. to the county commissioners, uh, right? But the county commissioners are on board, too. Well, because they're, they're all <laughs> Mysterians. Yeah. John Thompson has, con- has conveniently enough disappeared from the news. Not only is he not going to be forced to resign, nope. he won't resign. Nope. And uh, a frequent emailer, Jeff, uh, has a great idea. He said he's been struggling with the Thompson residency issue since it came out a few weeks ago. It seems like no one is able to get a real picture of where he actually lived when he registered to run for office or when the actual vote took place. Since he seems to have been able to scribble out his address on the Minnesota license for privacy reasons, I thought I'd look at what he must have had to sign in Wisconsin. I believe it was stated that he very recently renewed his Wisconsin license. Yes, that's true. Yes, correct. If that was the case, and he was actually living in Minnesota as claimed, I have to believe he committed a fraudulent act by signing the Wisconsin paperwork. If you look at the attached form, and and he linked me to the Wisconsin driver's license application, there are two spots that say that you are attesting to the information being correct and that you must live in Wisconsin to have a Wisconsin driver's license. Well, if he lived in Minnesota, how could he have honestly signed a form swearing that he lived in Wisconsin? 
There has to be some way to take him down on these lies. But that's the problem. No one's going to. Nope. Yeah. He quite clearly violated a law. It says on the application, you must be a Wisconsin resident to have to apply for this license. And yep. he just he told the cop on July 4th, hey, I just renewed my Wisconsin license. Well, Cut then he either, he either lived in Wisconsin and lied to Minnesotans, or he lived here and lied to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Either way, he's guilty of a crime. Yes. Yeah. Remember us. But who's going to get to the bottom of it? Joe, you are. Well, <laughs> Such, wasn't wasn't that cute of us when we thought that Minneapolis cops should live in Minneapolis? Yeah. Oh, those were such innocent days, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we were so cute and funny. Jeez, uh, I'll be honest, I don't blame Minneapolis cops for not wanting no, to live in oh, Minneapolis. No, no, God, no. <laughs> uh, Jeff writes, uh, I got to thinking about other master words that could be woke. Headmaster, mastermind, postmaster, ringmaster, masterwork, taskmaster, mastership, loadmaster, mastercraft boats, uh, because you can't say master bedroom anymore. But I don't think that's new. I think real estate agents were trying to be woke years ago. When the, I, can't, I seem to remember there was a dust-up about using the term family room because not everybody had children. But that doesn't equate, that doesn't fit into today's narrative yeah. that everybody and every, virtually everything is racist. Yeah. The guy, uh, who is, what's the name of the lawyer that uh, trotted this out? I forgot his name already. But uh, uh, ben, ben Crump? Yeah, him being a lawyer, I would guess, does that mean he has a master's degree? Or no, not. not necessarily. No, just okay. a, he. You can get you can get a law degree without you having a master. What can, about the rapper Master P? Is he going to have to change yeah, his name? I, I would think so. Mm. Yeah. Can you master a problem? Ooh, I don't know. Mm. Might have to change that. I know what Chris masters every day. But you, you know what you're doing here. You're what you're, what you're doing with this kind of uh, tinkering with the languages again. You are going back to the beginning. And you are saying that because the country was founded by these white fellows, it was essentially flawed. And so every word, every phrase, every sentence, every statue, every name, every building, every street has to be purged of that history until it is authorized by the party. Right. Well, we had the flowers and unicorn mayor up in Duluth, what, not even six months ago, that tried to get rid of chief. Chief, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, this debate about where to work and how to work continues. Why doesn't this library knucklehead in Minneapolis come back here and get an office at Center Point in Mendota Heights? No, he's not good enough to huh? work there. No, he's Is not. Is that Hennepin County? There. No, it's not. Doesn't but matter so what. He's living doesn't in California. <laughs> yeah. He certainly could work in Mendota at a eight-building campus on rolling acreage. It's a park-like. It's just beautiful. Every place is one story. Free parking out front. No wait for elevators. Easy access to the airport. Easy access to both downtowns and access to highways 55, 62, 494, and 694. Each office space is customizable, so you get exactly what you want. There's a, and they even have iWave air purification systems in the buildings. Patio space available for lunches. Uh, do yourself a favor if you're thinking about relocating. Uh, check out more at escape to mendota.com. That's one word, escape to mendota.com.
Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. Well, we're waiting. <laughs> you go ahead and don't worry about your goods when you leave home. Oh, you know, the guns, the money, the wheat pennies. They're just fine under the mattress or at the back of the freezer. Nobody will find them there. Don't worry about that. Come on. MapleGroveLockAndSafe.com. That's the web address of Maple Grove Lock and Safe. Their new location, 6901 East Fish uh, Lake Road. Yeah, East Fish Lake Road. That's a lot to get out. Uh, the Liberty Safe. The reason you got to stop in there. It's all about the Liberty Safe. The best, biggest sale, selling, strongest safe in the country made right here in the United States. And that's the safe that's going to give you peace of mind about your wheat pennies when you leave the house for 15 minutes every day or the weekend or wherever, you, uh, wherever you're telling the wife you're going. Uh, you got to stop into MGL and ask. Talk to Rich. He's the owner-operator. Ask him all sorts of nutty, crazy questions. But circle back, as, as management says. Circle <laughs> back to the topic. Uh, Rich is fantastic. He's going to make sure you go home happy in his shop in Maple Grove. It's the best place in the Midwest to pick up a safe. MapleGroveLockAndSafe.com. Guy told me a little Americana story that he uh, he got a wheat penny at the Quick Trip someplace, and he showed it to a kid there working. The kid didn't know what a wheat penny was, but he said, "What's it worth?" And the guy had to tell him, "What's <laughs> worth about a penny?" Well, yeah. I think the kid has a point. Yeah. Why are you freaking out over a penny that's worth a penny? Because he, like me, enjoyed the discovery of a wheat penny. Okay, granddad. In the what's, year 2021. What's it worth? What's you it want worth? Me to get you a. Can I get you a shawl, Granddad? Here's John Height. Can I Thank warm you, up Joe. your milk, Grandpa? No. Kenny, I don't think you're showing the proper respect to the mayor. I don't think he ever has, John. <laughs> there. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. In the news, a near record number of candidates filed to run for office in Minneapolis this year, signaling high interest in races that are actually drawing national attention. A total of 102 people filed to run for office by the deadline on Tuesday, including 29 who submitted their paperwork the last two days of the filing period. Among those, 17 of these folks are running for mayor. That includes incumbent Jacob Fry. The municipal races are drawing national money as Minneapolis voters prepare to choose their next class of leaders and to determine the future of the city's police department. John? Uh, now, yes. The mm -hmm. 17 candidates... Filing for mayor. Are, are their yes. names and backgrounds published anywhere? Uh, I don't have the backgrounds. I the do names are on the Star Tribune piece. No, they're yeah. not. Not in this no, piece. I got they're, they're on the website. Oh, I'm sorry. I read the online version. Uh, they're all uh, either uh, oh, Libertarian, DFL, uh, ooh, we have ooh. a Socialist Workers Party. There's yes. a, the one guy, though, that's running that's part of the Cannabis Party. Yeah. Uh, there is a cannabis. There's a humanitarian community party. Okay. Which I'm, oh, I'm yeah. Not aware okay, of that. That'd be good. Yeah. Uh, there's a for the people party. Sure. <laughs> uh, there's several independents running, and as Chris said, the grassroots legalized cannabis party. Uh, and there's one Republican running uh, for mayor. He is Bob a... Carney Jr. Carney Bob. What's your phrase if you're for the weed party? Is it something like puff puff pass or don't bogart no. that? Puff puff is... vote. Huh? Puff, puff, vote. Puff, yes. Puff, vote. And uh, Suchere, I'm getting increasingly uncomfortable with your contention that you have to vote for Fry this time because, and you give logical reasons why, but Fry is going to say whatever it takes to stay in office or get elected. 
He checks the wind every single day before he opens his tiny little mouth. Well, short of knowing anything about Bob Carney, uh, who in the field would you prefer over Fry? Well, the weed guy. Yeah. <laughs> Sheila Nazad? No. Uh-uh. Sheila bleeping Nazad? Look, here's the deal. <laughs> if you're going to run that town into the ground and that's what you're going to do, you may as well be high as bleep while you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> The man charged in the in the deadly Buffalo Clinic shooting made his first court appearance this morning has been found competent to stand trial. 67-year-old Gregory Ulrich will return to the courtroom September 21st. He faces seven charges, including one count of second-degree murder. According to police, Ulrich walked into the clinic February 9th in Buffalo, Minnesota and started shooting. Investigators also say Ulrich detonated two improvised explosive devices while in the clinic. The incident ended with him surrendering to law enforcement a woman was killed, four others were hurt. Court documents allege Ulrich had an opioid addiction, and at least one investigator thinks that was the driving force behind the shooting. Back to back to Fry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's in over his head and always has been, but he's less in over his head than anyone else. I'm going to leave this carny out of it. I don't know anything about him. Here's my prediction. If Fry is defeated by one of these crackpots that's running, then... The, then you're looking at even worse crackpots after that because the left only runs against the left because they're not left enough. So whatever leftist would replace Fry will not be seen as left enough by the next generation of fruitcakes coming up. So you're saying a guy that wets his finger, sticks it out the window, checks which way the wind is blowing, and then, um, and then makes reactions and comments and answers your questions based on that alone is better than anybody else. Yes, because anybody else won't even do that. Anybody right. else won't care what the prevailing conditions are. Chris, I, I actually uh, found another candidate, John. I don't know if this was included in your story, but another yeah. party was introduced mm-hmm. uh, for okay. the candidate of mayor of Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Mr. McMillan, would you like 30 seconds more? Allow me to introduce myself. I represent the rent is too damn high party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chris, I, I love that guy. <laughs> when I first met you, I believe uh, you were working for my talk, and I think you were running for office at the time. And, and what party What party was that you were representing? That was Party Town. That was Party oh. Town that uh, <laughs> I, I was, was representing. <laughs> See, I, I thought it was I Part distinct- B. Part B. <laughs> part I distinctly B. remember you saying, the beer party. The beer party. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Carney, uh, just I took about two minutes here. Uh, he appears to be a bit of a character and has run for many things oh, in the past, okay. inc- including the guys. Senate in oh. 2020. Do, do, do we know what he does for a living? Uh, I don't. I did not office. find that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Kenny, I was going to tell at the beginning of the news, you asked about a master's degree for uh, lawyers. Yeah, for lawyers. Uh, there, it's, it's not called a master's degree. It's called a Juris Doctor degree also known as Doctor of Law or Doctor of Jurisprudence. So, Doctor of Love. There you mm-hmm. go, John. I, yeah. I passionately you, love you, know, you, John. I you just know, love you so you, much. You Sometimes I'm trolling you, and I don't even know I'm trolling <laughs> you. Well, I had to look because I've never know, heard a, a master's associated with a lawyer, so I thought, well, oh. I better check this out. You're the best. That John. would be the best when we were on the radio and John would sit out in his cubicle out there and Rook and I would sit in the control room and randomly throw something out and knew yes, for the next yes. five minutes John would All obsessively you look up. I could hear him in my office. I did too. I could hear him. <laughs> well, 
It's a, it's a sickness of the sort, I guess. That's all right. We need you. <laughs> An uh, Illinois man was sentenced to prison for the arson of a Minneapolis cell phone store after George Floyd's death. U.S. Attorney's Office's 29-year-old Matthew Lee Rupert of Galesburg, Illinois, is sentenced to almost nine years in prison. Uh, you might remember Mr. Rupert. He posted Facebook messages mm-hmm. May 28, 2020, about the protests in the Twin Cities, yeah. including one that said, I'm going to Minneapolis tomorrow. Who coming? Only goons. I'm renting hotel rooms. Oh, I remember rooms. that guy. Right. Yeah. I remember that. Yep. Yeah. The following day, a Facebook Live video showed him in Minneapolis, where he's heard saying he came to riot while depicting handing out artillery shell fireworks, encouraging violence against law enforcement, and damaging property. His guilty plea and other court documents also indicate Rupert asked for lighter fluid before entering a boarded-up Sprint store on Nicollet Avenue. Eventually, prosecutors say Rupert and others knocked over boxes onto a pile, covered it all in lighter fluid, and then he directed a juvenile to light the pile on fire, and then he fled yelling, on tape, I lit it on fire. The store was significantly uh, significantly damaged. Well, he'll have some time to think fire. about that, won't he, John? He certainly will. That's almost good. nine years. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, the Met Council says dangerous criminal activity on public transit systems has gone up on buses and light rail trains since the start of the pandemic. Wait, raise your hand a- if you're shocked. <laughs> <laughs> the head of the Met Council says safety now is the agency's number one priority. Uh, they actually did a survey. They commissioned a survey asking 800 public transit customers how they feel about safety on buses and light rail cars and what they'd like to see done to make it safer. Met Council Chairman Charlie Zell said the survey didn't hold a lot of surprises, but it did give his agency some very specific issues they need to address. Of those questions, just under a third of respondents said they felt safe. Another third, a third said they were neutral on the safety questions. And a little more than a third said they did not feel safe or riding a Metro Transit bus. Uh, Zell says they're hiring 10 additional officers and 70 part-time community service officers to help out. What are you doing? <laughs> Joe, don't do that. No, I can't use it. Yeah. No, you can, you can use it. You can use it. A <laughs> cowboy rode into town on Friday, Okay. stayed three days, oh God. and left on Friday. Yep. How did he do it? The horse is named Friday. Oh, Weavers, you son of a... <laughs> Reavers, you're brilliant. Reavers, you know what? what? I... God, you just you, did wrecked you pre- it. previously know? Oh. Reavers, he was going to chew on Kenny, that for three hours. Okay, so <laughs> I already figured. Me. You know what? He went somewhere else in between. And came back to me. <laughs> this took this took me forever to figure out. I passed this around to friends and family this morning. They all responded within ten seconds. Did they get the right answer? Yes, yes. And I thought, you know what? Such is so analytical it, that Kenny, he won't I'm sorry. be able. He won't be able to figure this one out, and we were. I still on the don't way. believe that Reavers has the right answer. No, he's right. <laughs> oh no, there's got to be another way he did this. No, he had to go <laughs> like down south, and then he came back. A cowboy <laughs> rode into town on Friday, stayed three days, and left on Friday. How did he do it? Because the horse's name was Friday. Okay. I sat there and thought, "What in the what?" And it's yeah, the and bad you know ball. I, yeah, yeah. You know where I got this. Credit where credit's due. I accidentally stumbled, and don't ask me how, I stumbled on the Minnesota Vikings Twitter page. And they do this from time to time where they'll post a question like this and then put up a camera, and the players will come up. Oh, that's brilliant. And you know what it did to me? It made me love these guys. They're so normal. They're just like us. 
Some are smart. Some are dumb like Olson. Some are over-analytical like Suchere. Some think they get the answer right, and it's totally wrong. Yeah, yeah. it really That's made funny. me fall in love with the Vikings players. So, so I it. most importantly... Yeah. This is what you guys are doing while I'm reading news. Yeah. Huh? Well, I, I was, was going to jump in, but go ahead, Kenny. Go ahead, and Kenny. I kept, th- I kept thinking, well, when is he going to end this story? When is he going to yeah. end this story? Yeah. Well, back and to the Such, Such starts. He sits back and he starts talking to himself and using his fingers. Trying to figure <laughs> <it>. <laughs> John, the Met Council story that you were doing, did it have yes, sir. anything about ridership and the uh, the number it being down and whatnot? Did yeah. it have any of that figure? Because uh, literally. Every time this light rail comes by the station here, there's nobody no, on no, the thing. No. Why would you? Yeah. It it didn't have anything. But did you see what they're doing to try yes. to increase ridership? They're, Joe, they're making the fare one dollar really? for two months, September and October. <laughs> It'll cost you one dollar. Yeah. So, but correct me if I'm wrong. It's still full for like Twins games, and it'll be full for Vikings games, right? I guess I can't answer that. I haven't been to a Twins game in a long time. I would assume they're still using it to get back and forth to the ballpark. The the Vikings will help because the Vikings will have a full house, you know, every time that they play a game. But that's only eight dates for the, or you know, I guess ten if you count the preseason. Right. Sherry Ballard, a former top executive at Best Buy, has been named the next chief executive of the Minnesota United FC Major League Soccer Team. A franchise which is playing its fifth season in the MLS announced Ballard yesterday inside their stadium at St. Paul. Chris Wright, the team's current CEO, is stepping down at the conclusion of this season. Uh, as you talked about, Joe, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell crediting President Biden with helping to get the roughly $1 trillion infrastructure bill passed in the Senate, but said he doesn't anticipate many more opportunities for Republicans to work with Democrats. In an interview with the Wall Street Journal, the Kentucky Republican also dismissed criticism from former President Trump and other Republicans that he was handing Democrats a political victory ahead of the midterm elections. Uh, Meanwhile, the Senate late today, or early today, I'm sorry, early this morning, passed a $3.5 trillion budget blueprint, but uh, that's just a a first step. It's an initial victory uh, for it. It came in a party-line vote, 50 to 49, just a procedural vote to get it to move forward. Uh, Republicans are not in favor of this bill. Minority Leader McConnell said the blueprint was full of reckless taxing and spending. The bill will now have to go through a period of negotiation as the sides try to agree on what should be in it. So there's a good chance that this might It'll just change. fall flat. Why would there be a good chance? Oh, yeah. It's 50 to 49. If there's no chance. That was a procedural vote. They, first. Yeah, and they still have to get it through... Uh, through uh, Committees? Uh, yes, plus it's... Uh, there's a. It has to go through a, a process, I forget, uh, to make it a 50-50 vote. Otherwise, it's a, you need 60 votes. Hmm. So... There's still, a, yeah. yeah. This is all above my pay grade. Re- reconciliation. Reconciliation. Goal, which would make it a 50 50 thing. All right. A college professor suspected in a series of arson fires in remote forested areas of Northern California near the massive Dixie Fire has now been charged in connection with one of the blazes and was ordered held in the Sacramento County Main Jail. 47 year old Gary Maynard, believed to have worked at a number of colleges in California including Santa Clara University and Sonoma State University, where a Dr. Gary Maynard is listed as a lecturer in criminal justice studies, specializing in criminal justice, cults, and uh, ironically, I guess, given what he's being charged with, deviant behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, Really quick, because I feel bad. 
Kenny. Uh oh. I feel I really feel bad. bad, Chris. Joe, yeah. what? Pay attention. Yeah. Julie's dad had five daughters. Julie's dad? June, July, August, and September. Right. God. What's oh. the fifth daughter's name? June, July, August, and September. October. Nope. I don't know. Julie. May. John, you have anything else? <laughs> wow, I'm going to kill you. I am going to kick you right in the baby. What's the maker. old one about a plane crashed in a cemetery or how many survivors? Or No, if it, if it crashed on the border of North Dakota and Minnesota, yeah. where would you bury the survivors? Ah, that's it. Yeah. Where? South Dakota. <laughs> you, where? You wouldn't, you wouldn't See, there, bury the there survivors. There wouldn't be any survivors, Kenny. <laughs> well, you wouldn't bury No, you wouldn't survivors. bury survivors. That's right. They, they're alive. They're alive. That's right. I still, after all of these years, do not understand the bat and the ball and the glove. Oh, we can't go into it right now. There's too much to get going here, and uh, I, I, can't, it, we, I can't have that. Kind of all right, all right. A, I got another one. Here we go. Right. This is for all of what you. What is happening here? What can travel? <laughs> what can travel all around the world, but it stays in one spot the entire the time? The moon. The sun. Come the on, sun. John. The sun. No, no. no. Um, um, Me. Us. People. People. No. no. What the, can the travel around world. what? What can travel around the entire world? Yeah. But it that, stays that in one spot. library guy who lives in uh, California. <laughs> the guy in Palm Springs. <laughs> nope. It just no. stays there. I don't Just know. tell us. A stamp. What? Jeez. That. I, I have really, I even, really... I don't even uh, know what that means. Uh, well, I do Because now. it stays in one spot. Yeah, it's on the letter. It's on the letter. It stays in one spot, but it goes all around the world. Yeah. No, that is pathetic. Not. That's not right. That's where is he fi- Where are you over. looking at these things? Uh, Riddles.com. Oh, my God. Yeah. Let's see, Chris, just for that, I'm going to have to read a story about your heroine. Uh, Joe, you went to college, right? I think you so. Graduated, <laughs> you graduated high school? Yep. Yeah, I really thought you were smarter than you are, man. Yeah. Well, you got the stamp edu- one right away, huh, Kenny? Oh, hell no. I, I didn't go to I barely. No, my <laughs> teachers asked college. me just to get rid of me. Come on, man. I'm a traffic reporter. He was Give Oregon before Oregon was, was fashionable. Yeah. Yeah. He was an Oregon student before. <laughs> teachers, educators, and other South Dakota citizens charged with crafting new state social study standards said Tuesday that Governor Christy Noem's administration deleted elements intended to bolster students' understanding of Native American history and culture from their draft standards. Members of the working group appointed by the Department of Education to review and update the standards said they were caught by surprise when the department released a document with significant changes. New standards are released every seven years. They said changes made to the draft they submitted gave it a political edge that they had tried to avoid, instead aligning with the Republican governor's rhetoric on what she calls patriotic education. Paul Herons is a retired teacher and a member of the working group. He said changes made after they submitted their recommendations subverted their work. He said they worked hard to build a consensus on the draft and tried to make the standards apolitical. He said that didn't work. The new document took sides. They've turned it into a political football. The Perseid meteor shower. Oh. Joe? It's in the sky tonight. Yeah. You ready? They, yeah, oh, but is really? this a, the four in the morning deal? It it is. Yeah, yeah forget it. It's the it's the biggest <laughs> meteor shower every year. Now active till August twenty fourth, but it peaks today and tomorrow. Uh, during its peak, you could see about a hundred meteors per hour. 
Oh. If you if you went out between 3 and 4 a.m., you don't live okay. in an area of the city where there's a lot of light, obviously. That would be the ideal viewing time overnight tonight. Three if I could settle down with a Red Savoy pizza at uh, dusk there you go. and begin to be entertained by the meteors, that would be one thing because I'd have the Reds going for me there and I'd go. have the meteors going for me. Where are you going to order? Uh, Snelling's the closest to me. Yeah. They've got a lot of stores. You're going to go d- double sausage? Yeah, that's the only way to do it. Ooh, it Red Savoy soda-style pizza. You know they're an official sponsor of Gopher Football? Really? And they've been in cahoots with Coach P.J. Fleck, and you can see some of those interviews on the Red Savoy C- Facebook. Cahoots? Well, what whatever. we call it? Cahoots. Acting in concert with him. But all GLers can get their hands on some great, delicious Red Savoy soda-style pizza, pizza just in time for this upcoming football season. Visit SavoyPizza.com and use code ELITE, E-L-I-T-E, that's one word, ELITE, to get $5 off any order of $30 or more, offer available only through the Red Savoy app or website. And again, that's soda style, S-O-T-A, it's Minnesota style. Mm -hmm. It's cutting squares. It's just uh, yes. fantastic. It's the Rookie best. had some in here two days ago, and it didn't last long. It did not. No, we uh, we polished that off pretty quick. John, you, you missed that. You weren't here, but we, did, we polished yeah. it off pretty quick. Thank you, Red Sounds Savoy. Good. John, you're still up, aren't you? One of the gold 928s used uh, the Porsches during the making of the film Risky Business back in 1983. The movie that launched Tom Cruise's career is coming up for auction at the Barrett-Jackson event in Houston in September. The 1979 model was one of four 928s used during filming and was the primary hero car for wide-driving shots that Cruz's Joel Goodson character outruns Guido the Killer Pimp's Cadillac Coupe de Ville in. He uh, ends it, if you remember, if you saw the movie. Well, by it was saying, a drink, didn't it? Yeah, one of them did, but not this one. Yeah. No. Uh, there was four cars playing, playing okay, the part I of got one you. car. Yeah. Got it? Yeah. According to the documentary, the quest for RB928 producer John Avnet used the car to teach the then 20-year-old Cruz how to drive a manual transmission. The documentary also discovered that the uh, car is one of four whose whereabouts and province, uh, providence are still known. One was sold overseas years ago. Provenance. No record. Provenance. 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 Thank you, Kenny. One was sold overseas years ago. No record exists of another. While the final car, which ended up in Lake Michigan in the film, was just a body without an engine or transmission. Uh, The car, this one ended up in private hands, has been repainted several times, racking up over 100,000 miles over the years. It was previously auctioned in 2012 for 50 grand. That was about five times the street value then. But show quality 928s now go for 70 grand without any Hollywood connection. So they expect this one to go for a little you more. couldn't give me that crap can oh thank you <laughs> you thank could not you. give it to it's me. it's a bleeping hatchback uh, it's the ugliest car ever made plus it's a porsche and i'm i've got a sour taste with them porsche porsche, porsche. Yeah. you're porsche. gonna you're gonna get emails because you didn't say porsche. show respect porsche. i got your porsche right here <laughs> sold it to yep. knowing that damn thing blew up two weeks later i hate porsche if I win the lottery, uh, I wouldn't buy a Porsche. Uh, Porsche. Uh, Porsche. Porsche. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll be back in a minute here, okay. gang. Okay. Sodi Cigar and Pipe in Stillwater is the only place in the metro to make a great day even better. Get yourself a fine cigar. It's the place to stock up. They stock in a wide variety of cigars, and they have a lovely smoking lounge, state-of-the-art ventilation system, and the guys at Sodi's, why, they can help you pick out the right cigar, the cigar that's going to lead to a, 
an afternoon of joy. And as frequent customers uh, know, you can sign up for a special membership. That's where you receive a personal cigar locker in the store. It's just yours and only yours. It comes with a key and a 15% discount on all store merchandise, including cigars. They're really easy to find, located right off Highway 36 on Osgood Avenue in Stillwater. Turn south off of Highway 36 onto Osgood, and then you'll see Sodi Cigar and Pipe immediately right there on your right. You'll also find them on the web at SodiCigars.com. And please, when you stroll in, uh, in there, tell them that the dummies at Garage Logic sent you. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Downball story. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, do we really want to no. tell this? No, we don't. I didn't think so. No. Okay, good. It's a good one, Joe. Is it a good one? Well, I think all yeah. of them are good. Well, it's good enough to where he doesn't want to tell it on the air. We almost threw hands last night after our tilt with Whoa, the, a little with fight the, broke with out? the Lonsdale Aces. Yeah, yeah she tell, got a little heated. Yeah. Tell him why. She, well, Joe, you've covered many sporting events in your day. I have. Um, there's one thing that I've never, ever understood. And that's when a team that's losing in the late stages of the ball game decides to start talking to the other team. I've never understood that. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. Uh, we were up, and the pitcher for the Trash other team talking? started talking. to. I, I said, bro, Joe, you realize you're down 5-1, to one, right? The you pitcher, realize you're losing. The pitcher is chirping the batters. <laughs> Jeez. It was kind of funny at first. I thought, does I would, he realize he's losing? <laughs> I would pay extra money to see that. That would be awesome. Let's turn this town ball stuff into hockey. Kenny, I'm telling you right now, like this time of the year, because it's playoffs, it gets a little heated on the old That's diamond. Fantastic. Yeah. That's chippy, fantastic. It's chippy, does it? Oh, it does. It gets a little chippy. The mother of the two brothers charged with murdering Ella French, a Chicago police officer, and critically wounding Ella French's partner, the mother of the two brothers. And the two brothers are named Imante and Eric Morgan, and her name is Evelina Flores. She was arrested after fighting with the police in the hospital uh, and trying to kick down the door to her son's room to get in there. Uh, saying her sons wouldn't, she doesn't believe anything the Chicago police says and that her sons didn't do it. Lady, they've admitted it. <laughs> wow. The mother of the two brothers charged in the murder of Chicago police officer has, has been arrested after scuffling with police and guards, kicking one of them while trying to visit her son in the hospital. Evelina Flores was arrested at Christ Medical Center in Oak Lawn just before 8.30 a.m. yesterday after she ran down a hall and confronted Chicago police officers and security guards posted outside the room of a Monte Morgan, Oaklawn police said. Flores tried to push by them, demanding to see her son, and kicked one of the guards in the groin. She was arrested and taken to Oaklawn Police Station. Detectives sought felony charges, but the Cook County State's Attorney's Office instead filed misdemeanor charges of battery, resisting a peace officer and criminal trespass, according to the police. Morgan, 21, is charged with fatally shooting Chicago police officer Ella French and critically wounding another officer during a traffic stop in West Englewood Saturday night. His brother, 22-year-old Eric Morgan, is facing weapons charges. Imante Morgan was shot in the abdomen by a third officer on the scene. The uh, confrontation at the hospital occurred hours before both brothers were denied bail at uh, separate court hearings. Prosecutors said both of them have made admissions in the killing. 
So, Mom, you're a piece of work too, aren't you? What a what a stable environment that home must be. God Almighty. Uh, uh, Mr. Mayor, as the resident, this is fitting for right now. As the resident clergyman of Gumption County, I feel compelled to share the attached with you. They are words from a pastor written in 1972. I'm praying for this country, Reverend Schmidt, resident clergyman of Gumption County. Uh, a pastor named Harold E. Warnke wrote this. Uh, these were remarks delivered to Fox River Valley Pastors Conference by Pastor Harold Warnke, April 17, 1972. You can be certain that America, with all its glory, will also disappear if the world stands that long. In fact, when we consider America's dedication to materialism, luxury, immorality, immense wages for little work, crime in the streets, and a thousand other acts of defiance against the Almighty and His commandments, we certainly should be able to smell Sodom and Gomorrah's fire and brimstone not far distant. We dare not become so enamored by the things of this world that we forget their transitoriness. Well, that's pretty fitting for what we've been up to, isn't it? So this is nothing new. This decline of moral and ethical integrity has been around for a long time. That's what I was wondering. Was it in reference to 72? So post-hippie, right? Yeah. Uh, Right about Watergate time. Watergate, yeah, just starting. Yeah, Yeah. all right. Mm -hmm. Right about Watergate time. Joe, I was so happy to find the GL podcast over the past four months. I, uh, over the last four months, I listened to a couple of GL, old GL shows, including the Christmas Light Trick show. I was laughing until tears, and then I did a quick search on Spotify for GL and was so happy to find the podcast. I moved out of Minnesota 15 years ago to the West Coast, and I find myself struggling to find anything to listen to that is not B as in B, S as in S. The last month has been great listening to you, Rook and the boys. It's been like catching up with old friends. Keep up the great work. GL fan from way back, John Zink. How about that? Another West Coast listener, huh? Another West Coast That's listener. Nice. Uh, dear Mayor and uh, uh, Garage Logic City Council, do not use my real name. This is from Sergeant Schultz, who I happen to know who he is. He works in the correction system in another state, right? Mm-hmm. After hearing about the rock at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, I had to ask one of the inmates in my charge. Now, this guy's about 45 years old and a longtime con. In fact, he didn't get his GED diploma until 2013, so he has not had an easy life. He is a large and dark-skinned African-American man and very comical. My first two hours as a correctional officer entailed this gentleman and uh, asking the officer I was shadowing, uh, asking him if I called him. What's the old Ali joke? What did he say? Is this the guy that called me the N-word? Yeah. Well, you, uh, Sergeant Schultz, you, you wrote this poorly. I can, I can, uh, I, I understood it. I can, I can, well, what I can tell you is that he asked this fellow uh, if he had ever heard of a dark colored rock being called, and then he told the, the inmate what, what, right. what that meant. Yeah. And he said he gave me a funny look, much like the famed RCA dog. I then told him the story of the University of Madison and the rock that the last glacier deposited. He just looked at me and said, man, the world has just gotten stupid with this political correctness. If I could have high-fived him, I would, but we're not allowed to touch each other unless we have to initiate contact in an emergency situation. 
See, the inmate in question was is a known jokester, likes yeah. to have fun with people. Okay. And part of his deal is the old Ali thing that he did to, I think, Sid, Sid right? Sid, yep. yeah. Okay, yeah. well, here, now I get it. My yeah, first so two he, hours as a correctional officer entailed the this gentleman asking the officer I was shadowing if I called him an N-word. Said yeah. as only a ticked-off black man can say it. Combine that yeah. with a native guy coming up and staring at me, I found out later they had a joking relationship with the guy <laughs> showing me the ropes. I ended yeah. up being able to joke with both of them, not quite to this extent, but being able to share a laugh and a joke with them. Okay, I get it. I yeah. get it. I say all this because to illustrate that I could walk up to this guy and ask him if I could ask him a question. I asked him if he had ever heard of a dark-colored rock being called the you-know-what. That's when he gave him the funny look and said, man, this is out of, this, this stuff's crazy. This, this, mm-hmm. this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's just dumb. D-U-M dumb. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold up. Something ain't right here. Americana. Joy grew up in a cul-de-sac in Minnetonka. About 13 years ago, we moved out. But last night, my family decided to go back and visit our old house. We pulled on to Christy Lane, and to our surprise, there was a group of kids playing kickball in the cul-de-sac just like we did as kids. It brought back, it brought back warm memories and memories that bring tears to your eyes, thinking how about good it was growing up playing wiffle ball, kickball, riding bikes, and night games in that cul-de-sac. But Americana was still alive and well in that neighborhood and has been turned over to new young kids that will maybe one day drive back and have a wall of nostalgia just like we did. I grew up across the street from Lance Olson, who used to call your show. He worked for Jim Ramstead. He turned my mom into a CI girl. When my mom turned 40, Lance and Ann lined the cul-de-sac with signs saying, Happy 40th to our CI girl. Al Quee was also across the street from us on the cul-de-sac, and he taught us the real meaning of being a good neighbor. He mentored my parents, and him and Gretchen Quee would set up lawn chairs and watch us practice pitching in the cul-de-sac or watch us play kickball. It was a neighborhood of a family. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I wonder if Creeper Jeff is still living there, peeking out the windows at those kids. That could be. You know, it, it seems to me our clients create uh, families. Uh, Grunhoffers, oh, so. for, well, Grunhoffers, for example, that's become a family of GLers who appreciate that this has been the finest discovery in the world of brats, burgers, mm-hmm. steaks, ham, bacon that, that we could ever have imagined. Including, a, didn't you guys just get an email about some new? No, it was a it was a Twitter photo. A Twitter uh, photo, some new stuff. You. It's Grunhoffers, beef sticks, oh, horseradish, and I I closed my Twitter account. Oh, okay. Here, let me find it because I put it up on the old GL. You want to beat account. the increases in I, beef prices at the grocery store? You can get to Grunhoffers in Hugo or the new store in Forest Lake and purchase a side or a quarter of beef. You can't beat the quality of Grunhoffers local farm-raised beef, and yeah, prices are going up, and this is a way to really lay in some supplies. Horseradish and hot pepper cheese sticks. How could you? Yeah. How could that? How could you do that without dying? Oh, I know. It'd be good. Man, that does great. sound good, but I, I mean, I, I like hot, but I that's hot. I wouldn't leave home for, for, for long. Uh, I, I'd probably stick around the house. I will, uh, I will watch you eat that one. I will watch you enjoy that one. <laughs> it's Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. It's the best quality meat since Spencer went off on his own in 2007 and uh, dedicated his uh, career to making the best stuff you'll ever grill in your life. Uh, it's on Highway 61, just north of Hugo, the original location. And the new location is on Highway 97 in Forest Lake, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. Truth, Justice, and the Souchere. 
AGL crew. Yes. Yes. Sorry, Joe, but Kenny is right again. Roundabouts Uh-oh. are made up of a single lane, one way, with zero stop signs and a yield sign at every entrance. I have seen people stop in the middle and wave a person waiting at a yield sign. I have seen people take a hard, almost impossible turn left to go the wrong way into traffic. I have had people ignore the yield sign and enter the roundabout as I approach and have had to slam on the brakes to keep from T-boning them. None of them should possess a driver's license. These experiences have convinced me that a written and physical driver's test needs to be conducted on a regular basis after retirement age. If you do not know how to legally navigate a curved one-way road with a yield sign, you should be you should not be driving. Roundabouts are not dangerous. Roundabouts expose expose us as to how bad of a driver you are. Uh-huh. Pitmaster. Uh, who is that, Greg? Greg? What do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean he says Kenny is right? It sounds like he's ripping roundabouts. Kenny, no, you're he, in favor. He of loves them. he loves roundabouts. Oh, he's just ripping the people that. that don't know how to work them. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, I get yeah. it. I get it. Yeah. All right. So, I don't like him, but speaking of I that, love him. Speaking of that, um, do you know how many seconds are in a calendar year? Oh God. No, I don't, and I really don't care. Twelve. There 12. you go, oh, John. 12. There you yeah, go. January second, February. Do they have a Fourth of July in England? <laughs> That's Joe. Try harder. This, uh, try harder, Joe. Try this show harder. has pretty much. It's just over, right, Joe. It? If a rooster yeah, lays an egg on the top of a roof, which which way does it roll down? Uh, roosters don't lay eggs, you dumb dumb. <laughs> Come on. Well, and there Do I better. am trying to figure out how it rolls. <laughs> Joe was thinking about <laughs> it. You know what? We, sh- we should have saved that one for the state fair. <laughs> <laughs> Only. Only. Uh, Reavers, knock it off. I'm going to get yelled at. (laughs) One more. Okay. That's it. One more. Uh, Then you're going to go to the corner and have quiet time. Okay. (laughs) What can you give away, but you can still keep? This is very relative. Virginity. Jesus, Kenny. (laughs) Um, uh, Love. No. Um... A penny. Uh, respect. No. A cold. Oh, God. <laughs> only because... It, this, this you is did, your you did ask. You way did to, way to go, Joe. Yeah. Uh, only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa, from the tra- uh, traveling Lyman's. 1900. All 13 of the cars in Minneapolis raced from the Hennepin County Courthouse to Wyzetta <laughs> to demonstrate the county, to the county commissioners the need for better roads. Harry Wilcox arrived in Wyzetta first, making the 12-mile run in 42 minutes. Wow. In 1906, <laughs> the statue Mississippi. What? What did I miss now? Nothing. It's Joe being Joe. In That's 1906, all. the uh, statue. It's, it's, it's adorable how much stuff flies right over your head. It's adorable. <laughs> it really is. In this day in history? 19- yeah. yeah it's, it's good. It's good that you don't yep. notice because you're not demented like the three of us. That's probably correct. Yep. yep. I'd agree. In, 19, well, in 1906, on this day, the statue of Mississippi, Father of Waters, is unveiled in Minneapolis City Hall, an allegorical representation of the Minneapolis uh, of the Mississippi River, the statue was carved from a single block of marble by Larkin Goldsmith Mead and weighs 14,000 pounds. Wow. And finally, Ooh. on this day in 1992, what opened? 
1992. What opened on this day, August, August 11th? August 11th, 1992. Um, Mall of America. Mall of America. Mall of America. I still have uh, the original uh, parking pass that I framed for the CP and hung on the wall of the garage because that's where that, you put that car into D and it went right out there. You know. How much has that place stuck you for over the years since 1992? Boy, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> Uh, and how ironic that you hated it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Were you against them building the mall? I don't remember. What do you mean, Kenny? I don't remember being hating a mall. Uh, I don't well, like you don't like going there. No, I don't go there. Yeah. I don't like covered th- stadiums. Yeah, I thought you were, yeah, I, I just mixed it all in with the Met Stadium and the Dome. Well, it was on the site of the Met Stadium. Yeah, once there was a yeah. ballpark. Right. right. What, so, what, John? Harry Wilcox had his own car factory. In Minneapolis. I so think that was pretty was good to go from Hennepin County to Wyzetta in 42 minutes. Well, there's only there's no traffic. There's only 13 cars. I know, but he probably had a 12-horsepower engine, you know. You can do that faster on a bicycle now, though. You can do it faster on my scooter. I told you yesterday I was going to take my Yamaha scooter on errands. Yep. And yeah. I did. I did. I beat the man again. I get about 75 miles to the gallon on my Yamaha S-Max. You can get those at EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61, and also a little smaller version of those uh, scooters that turn every urban errand into an adventure, the Bentelli e-bikes, full line of Yamaha products, youth recreational equipment. I got my eye on some youth recreational equipment with some utes I have in mind. Really? Yeah, helmets, apparel, and service. Uh, Again, another family-type situation. The uh, GLers have become... Well-known clients to Tim Bloom out there, and uh, that's where you get your e-bike because you're going to get the right fitting and the right tires and the right frame, and, and you'll uh, you'll have you enjoy your five levels of electric assist all the more. It's at EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. Where else on Highway 61? One more. Oh, jeez. Just this one is just for you. This one is just for you, Joe. Steve Cannon come back to life here. Or hey, Morgan, gang, I've or... got a final riddle for you. What's, Cannon here. What starts with E, ends with E, and has one letter in it? I. Oh, that's close. Yeah. That's a good one. Envelope. Get it? It's got a letter in it. Did I tell you that seven of the record highs for the month of August were established here in 1947? You did. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Mr. Wilcox, we have a lot of information today. The first man to drive from Minneapolis to Chicago. Really? Yeah, he had his own company, the H.E. Wilcox Motor Car Company. Uh, They they put together cars and trucks here. Was the car called the Wilcox? Yes. Serious question. Do they have his route from here to Chicago? They don't. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, I, I would be curious which way he took. Probably, right. probably the old way. Was. Yeah. <laughs> he took the old way. Yeah, yeah I think he took the freeway. No, he did not. Yeah. wasn't around. Yeah. Huh. I'm that's sorry for that, GLers. I'm sorry I'm surrounded by morons who bring up riddles. And <laughs> You're the one that couldn't answer any of I them. I'm not very good. Well, I was impressed with your last guess. I That was a good guess. Yeah. It was still wrong, but it was right. a good guess. Right. <laughs> what do you mean? That was a horrible guess. Yeah, I, why is it a good guess? Began with E, ends with E, and had one, one letter. letter. Well, I has one letter. That was a good I guess. Has, I has three letters, E-Y-E. Okay, F-Y-I. <laughs> If you'd like more of this nonsense, (laughs) no one will. No one will. You're ruining it. You can subscribe to Garage Logic on our YouTube channel, and you. This is 
one of these days where we're going to get the text message at about 5.30 saying, that was the worst show we've ever done. That's right. You might not even have to wait till 5.30. (laughs) 